The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning. Welcome to Friday, the end of the week, and glad that the weekend's coming. Uh, definitely, uh, we always look forward to the weekend. I look forward to uh, the work being done, the time with family, the chance to worship Jesus on Sunday. And so we definitely look forward to all those things and, and hope you had a great week and hope you're looking forward to some rest over the weekend. Um, I'm glad you're joining us today as we finish this week off together. Uh, we're going to just take a couple verses as between today and Monday, we're going to finish up the first chapter of 1 Peter. So if you're following along with us, we are in 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're just going to look at uh, just a couple verses, starting in verse, really kind of maybe focus most of our attention on verse number 22 today. Verse 22 of 1 Peter 1 says this, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Uh, Now, he gives more explanation into it through our salvation, which we will talk about Monday. But I kind of want to focus my attention just on verse 22. So let's start off by asking, what does he mean by that we have purified our souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit? Uh, many times you'll see that sometimes when it comes to accepting Christ as their Savior, he talks about obedience. Now, I guess the way I would explain it is this. The Bible teaches us that a man cannot be saved except the Father draw him. Uh, you can't just say one day, today I'm going to go accept Jesus and be saved. It is a spiritual decision, a spiritual decision that God, through the Holy Spirit, opens your eyes to your need, to the truth, and then you accept it. And if he's doing it now, yeah, he may give you a long time, but you say, well, I'll do it when I'm 80. You, you may not have that chance. So God is the one that opens your eyes, and he's the one that gives it to you. And I believe he somehow tries to do that for everybody. But in American Christianity, it's a little more obvious and a little more easy to see. So what he's saying is that through the Holy Spirit, God opens our eyes and gives us what we call conviction. It's not guilt. It's just a recognition that this is what I need, that Jesus is God. I'm I am a sinner and I'm going to repent and turn to him. Then when I follow through, I listen, or as we say, obey the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I put my faith in Jesus. That's the idea here. We have purified our soul. We have been saved through obedience of the Holy Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. This is, should be the result. The result becomes unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Now, I think that Inevitably, in today's day and age, the term love is something that we could spend probably a few episodes discussing. Um, And and I think we are understanding here, we're not referencing Hollywood love today. This is not a a marital thing or romantic thing or things of that nature. Um, Let me just give you a couple thoughts about the idea of love that I believe are, are seen all the way throughout Scripture. And then we can go back and look at verse 22. If you go to, I think it's 1 Corinthians 13, we often call it the chapter of love. Um, and it starts off with saying, love suffereth kind and is long. Love envieth not. Love vaunteth not itself. It's not on sin. There's a list of things. Interestingly enough, that it says love does not do these things. The point is this. When I choose to love somebody, those are the ways I'm going to act. This is not some natural instinct in my life where there's so much of this emotion. And I believe love in every aspect has a level of emotion. But if I allow my emotions to dictate whether I will or will not show love to somebody, well, then there's going to be some days I'm going to be a really nice person. And some days no one wants to be around me. Love is a choice. I will choose to love. This is a choice in marriage. It's a choice with your families. It's a choice with your neighbors. It's a choice with other Christians. 
Love is not simply an emotion. Love includes emotion. It is definitely an aspect of it. But I will choose to love somebody whether or not emotionally I feel like it or not. I mean, we can have really good days and really bad days. We can be consumed and overwhelmed with the cares of the world. And those emotions draw. Well, we're just not going to feel that way. We must remember that emotions are just a... I guess we could call it a thermostat of what's going on inside. They aren't to control us. They're just to let us know there's some battles, anxiety, things like that. They help us to recognize there's things in our life we need to give to God and work through. But emotions shouldn't, they are a recognition of an issue. They shouldn't guide us. They should not direct us. And so love is a choice. My point I'm saying is when he tells us in this passage, we've been um, brought the Spirit to unfeigned love, to this unacceptable uh, Pure love. That's what he says later. See, love another with a pure heart. Um, fervently. Now, he says a pure heart. He means that I love others with a pure motive. I don't do for others with the hope that I can get something from it. It's like I don't put money in the offering plate hoping God will give back to me. I believe the Bible teaches that when we give, God will give back to us and God will take care of us. But I think that that comes as a result of I worship and I sacrifice and I give to God and it ends there and then I let God take care of this. But if I put 10 bucks in the plate expecting God to somehow, you know, well, God now has to do something, I've missed the point. I don't believe God will bless that, but I think we've missed the point. We give in a heart of worship no matter what God does and trust God for the details, not, hey, here's some money, you have to do this. That's, that's an impure motive. Well, the same thing when we love others, we love others with the proper motive. Uh, what is the motive? Because they need it. We love others because God has asked us to do it. Now, I guess specifically he's referencing here the unfeigned love of the brethren. We could talk about the fact that we should love the people around us, our neighbors, uh, those that are around us, and that means obviously trying to share the gospel with them, but it also means just loving them, just encouraging them, helping them when they need it, and just being a good, godly neighbor to them. Doesn't and I don't mean debating and preaching at them and telling how bad they are. I mean just loving them. Uh, it means loving the people that we see that sometimes are not lovable in our world today. Right? They're harsh to us. It actually means loving our neighbors, the Bible tells us. There's a lot to do with this, and it simply means that in certain scenarios where someone's against me and someone's hurting me, I have a biblical, no, that's not right. I have a human mindset right that I can react. And the world says you have every right to act the way you do. And while I have, it's not abnormal to have a reaction inside to want to act that way because our human nature wants to lash out in defense and anger and things of that nature. What we're being told, what we understand with love is I must choose through the power of Christ, through the working of the Holy Spirit, to treat them differently than my natural instinct would be. And it is one of the hardest things we'll do. And that doesn't mean just roll over and always just allow people to run over the top of you. I hope we understand that. But what it does mean is that Unless what they're doing really demands some level of protection, if they're going to hurt your family or things of that nature, yeah, you stand up for it. But if they're just persecuting you or making fun of you or doing something that doesn't really bring pain, just move on. Just move on. Show that love. Show that love to them. And then we do for them. And he talks to do it fervently. But he references here in this passage, we'll finish with this, it's a love for the brethren. You know, your church is unique in the fact that God has designed it where people from every walk of life, every background, every life choice, every political realm, every uh, race, every denomination, every, everything, everything you can think of comes together at the foot of the cross. And there's, you know, I know the culture dictates there's different unique cultures and preferences in church. But, and the fact is, no matter what church you walk into, at the foot of the cross, you should walk in equal. You should leave your differences behind. You should leave the things that the world uses to separate us. And those should be left 
outside and we walk through the doors of that church and we come together, we come to the foot of the cross and we are equal. How much money we make or do not make does not matter. What we look like, smell like, talk like, none of that matters when we walk through that door. Whether we have the most expensive suit that we walk through or we came in shorts because it's the nicest clothes we have, none of that matters because we are to love each other equally as God loved us unconditionally, unfeigned, not with any uh, preferences, opinions, and motives. I come to Him. I, I love other people because I have been given that same love and I do it fervently. So I give them love because people need it. I give them love because God's asked me to do it. That's what I do. You understand that because there are days you go to church and you just need someone to love you. You just need someone to encourage you. You just need someone to come alongside and pray with you. We're all in those situations. And that's what we need to work on. What we need to work through is to experience that and to share that with other people and to help them know they are loved, they are thought about, and they are encouraged. And that is what God's asked us to do. Now, please, a simple thought on that. If we do that enough, if enough of us do that, then all of us will receive that same love. And uh, so I encourage you that in the worst of days, find a way to encourage someone else. And I believe God may through that find a way to encourage you. Thanks again for joining us today on this Friday morning. Thank you. Appreciate the privilege to be part of your day and to encourage you. I hope it is. And uh, we are going to finish up this chapter on Monday. And so again, we thanks for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you again on Monday.